This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. You and your woo woo woo. That's what I feel. Let me get a vibe. A little woo woo. I'm not ashamed of it, and that's who I am. Fortunate today, the spirits are true. Now let's practice. Yes, of course, this series. Welcome to the Woo Wooverse. It is your safe space for healing and debauchery and divine connection, spontaneity, deep soul work, and all the good shit. Uh, I am Kiki. And I'm Lynette. Yes, you are. I'm still Lynette. Oh, I think I am. <laughs> um, and look, we look. We're just both pleased to be here. Quite frankly, we're excited to have made yeah, it this far yeah. in 2020. We're both a little nervous about what might go down in the 2020 season finale. Quite frankly, but <laughs> so far we're still standing. How are you doing out there, Elle? Yeah. Look, um, how many emotions can you have in one? week that is where I'm charting literally thousands I would say yeah (laughs) I'm discovering emotions that I didn't even know were on the frequency chart we've reached that point of the year haven't we yeah we have it is what we're past the midpoint well and truly Mm, home stretch feels like it's building Mm. don't you think it's not waning yeah yeah and I think I've realized that I've had this really lovely idea in my head that it would just be 2020 that would be the clusterfuck and that like it'll all end on December 31st 2020 we clock over everything will be fine I don't think that's how it's going to go I recently heard that the Australian international travel embargo is probably going to last until the end of 2021 yeah. So an old paradigm. That's an old calendar we're working mm, with there. Like, mm, you know, we'll still be celebrating New Year. Don't mm, get us wrong. Yes. But I think that's what that is. Mm. That we used to go, oh, it all ends there and we pack up our school books and we get yeah. back and we yeah. come back again and do a new a year. Fresh and start. this year I think we're going, Oh, we're just gonna take a bit of time and then we're gonna keep on trucking mm. down the tunnel. Oh my god. Yeah. And there's a light coming and it's probably a train coming down the tunnel anyway whatever we are the light we are the light (laughs) some days how are you going out there yeah I'm doing all right I'm doing okay I relaunched my business that's been that's been the exciting thing that's happened to me lately I used to be known as luminous awakenings and now I'm known as sacred and profane and as somebody who's known me for a very long time I think you would agree that I am far more sacred and profane than I am. You are. I agree. Yeah. And there's great things about 2020 like that where there's rebirths and illuminations Mm. and awakenings. It's it's not all law. Yeah, it's not. Um, And and that's one of your births. Exactly. And there is something about walking through the fire that does cleanse you, right? And uh, we are all walking through the fire, literally in Australia at the beginning of the year with the bushfires and then very much energetically with everything else that's gone down. And I feel like it has burnt away some shit I was holding on to and has helped me really step into my authenticity and my power. And I'm grateful for that. Ready to rock. Well, yeah, let's see, shall we? Let's see how it goes. (laughs) We're actually here today to talk about anger, um, but in a very 
calm kind of wow, way. Wow, that just, everyone just went, oh my God, I'd go and have a Everyone smoke. just turned that the <laughs> podcast off immediately. And actually, we yeah. want to start, you, you had a really great idea, Lynette, when we were speaking about this the other day, about making a list of the things that we're angry about. And it was such an amazing exercise for me. So let's, let's have a little therapy session together, shall we? Let's get in on this. What are you angry about? Let's play some anger bingo. Because mm, we both made the list. I think we can have some anger in common. Elle, what are you angry about? Yeah. Should we go one for one? Oh, okay. Let's. <laughs> I I got really angry at how polarised the, the last debate was in the media. So I switched on two different channels. And one, I got one version and the other, I got the another version. And this is the American it, presidential yes. debate you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, they don't even look like they're on the same planet, those two mm. pieces of information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I got really upset about that because that's a breakdown of journalism mm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it's now opinionated and partisan. media. And yeah. Yeah, and I got really, really frustrated about that. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. Yeah, okay. Also... I didn't. I didn't watch any of the debates up until twenty sixteen. I used to treat American politics like sport because I don't follow a sporting team. I don't give a shit who wins uh... the whatever. But for me, the way I channeled those feelings that people have about sport and competition and picking a team, <laughs> I always channeled into American politics because I was like, it doesn't really affect me. It's not my president it's like so many people felt that yeah know. and then after trump got elected i was like this isn't funny anymore this isn't lighthearted. i'm out so now i'm just yeah i actually had an ignoring. argument with somebody once who told me that i shouldn't be so invested and speak about american politics mm. i mean my partner is an american citizen he has an american family so of course it does mm. affect him but it always struck me how that was a very insular view that it wasn't all interconnected and I think that he has raised the awareness of just how much power and influence on ideology Mm. and all sorts of structures that that country has and yeah it has the capacity to make us all a little bit woken up. Scale of one to ten how angry are you about this? I okay I think I used to be a lot angrier about Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. so a year and a half ago I, it used to consume me mm. on some level. Yep. I'm not as angry as I was about it. And interestingly, it was because when I started to see the Black Lives Matters protests and the hundreds and thousands of people that started to mobilise and tear down st- statues, I realised that I have hated this system for a very long time mm. and I've been angry about the system, not mm-hmm. Trump. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the system that I want to break down and and not that I agree with any of what he's doing but or his people because I see him as a, a, a party. I don't just see him as him. But the experience is that if he has to happen for us to realise how bad this system is mm. and how many people are losing out, and we have to get angry because that person who said to me, don't be upset about this, was a person who's very privileged. Mm. So, of course, it was okay mm. for them not to care about American mm. politics. So, okay, scale of one to ten. Give me give me a number. Give me a number. I think I'm about a six. Yeah, okay. okay. Or a seven. All right. When I was a 10.100. <laughs> 
It wasn't rational. It was a 15 out of 10 at some point. It wasn't yeah. irrational. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I am angry at Jair Bolsonaro. I don't know that I pronounced his name correctly and I actually don't know that yes. I care. That's how angry Bingo. I am. Yeah, because he does not is not caring for the Amazon. And I want to acknowledge that this is also happening at a time where he's not caring for his people and COVID um, deaths are very high in Brazil. But the Amazon, I read this article the other day that they reckon in our lifetime, the Amazon is going to turn from a rainforest into a savannah. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're all screwed. And he is in charge. He could do something about it and he doesn't doesn't care. He only cares about money. And I would say I'm actually a 15 out of 10 angry at him at the moment. What a dick. Yeah. All right. What else are you angry about? What a dick. What a dick. <laughs> uh, you know, I get really angry that Jeffrey Epstein is dead mm. and that I can't see any movement on a trial that has taken 20 years to mm. get to this place where there's so much evidence. There's a woman in custody who has yep. all of the story all and the information. Yeah. And, yep, it mm. just gets buried under mm-hmm. all the other things mm-hmm. and those women that were brave that came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get angry about that because yep. there's no way that that man should have been yep. dead. Yep, yep. All right, how out of ten, how angry? <laughs> At least an eight and a half, nine about yep. that. Yep. I, I'm ang- yep. I, that's one of our bingos. I'm angry about that too. I am angry yeah. at capitalism. I am angry at capitalism. Oh, yeah, bingo. For like ruining the earth and also making so many oh. humans' lives miserable. And the miserable. fact that if you're at the bottom end of capitalism and you're one of the poor mm. – um, repressed, marginalized classes. If you're like the person who's down the mine, mining the shit that goes in our, is it cobalt? Whatever yeah. it is that goes in our smartphones and you're dying in the mines in Africa. It, yeah. Capitalism makes your life miserable. But even if you've got all the money and all the shit, your life is still kind of miserable because capitalism is a disaster and I'm really angry at it. And I'm going to say that's like a nine and a half out of 10. Nine and a half out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, and capitalism has such an ego mm. about itself. Yeah. And it's got a, such a great PR campaign mm-hmm. that it almost feels like weird to say that you hate capitalism. Mm. It's yeah. so destructive. It's so destructive. So I have a big global. I kind of went global. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really made me, I don't know if you saw the clip of Representative Katie Porter in America sitting down with the guy from Big Pharma who was in charge of raising the cost of a drug that people should have access to. Mm. He raised it by $786 in last years. But do you know what? He benefited from it. He got $13 million Mm. for raising the experience of his company and she sat in front of him and did the maths and said, can you tell me what's different about the drug and why that might have happened and can you also tell me what this figure is? It's your big gift and bonus for doing that to people he showed no remorse there was absolutely he had been trained to answer the question Mm -hmm. and it made me infuriated and it it also backed on to something there which was you know people who are like why don't people trust big pharma and these vaccines and that's why yeah yeah it's crazy making oh i was at least a 10 yep okay okay don't know if you can hear it's been sunny all day where i am and now there is thunder moving in just behind me so we are gonna we are under a thunderstorm as we this is some real craft level um (laughs) shit here i am angry at and again we're both we're all going quite big here at the moment but i think i'm okay with it i'm angry at white people very much including myself for creating racism and then not doing the work that needs to be done to dismantle it. 
And that's a 10 out of 10. And the white fragility. And we're going to talk about this later, about is anger always anger and how does it wrap into shame? And so yeah. I'm, yeah, and so there's shame for me in that as well. It's not just pure anger, yeah. but it's anger and shame and sadness. There's yeah. a lot of complicated emotions in there that I would put under, under anger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What else have you got? Okay, so controversial one, but I was really angry to hear that the first AI blowjob bar opened in London. More details <laughs> are required can see immediately. Your face right what, now. what? 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 And I didn't get okay, an invitation I... to the opening night. Do ladies get blowjobs as well, or it's just like people with penises that can so. have a blowjob? No, it's just people with penises. Oh, which well, is that's also not fair. Is it? I, that's what I'm angry about. Make it even Stevens, and I'm in. But yeah. Did anyone know that this was going on? No. And it, it's one of these things that I only found it because I was researching the impacts of AI on human yeah, consciousness sure, and sure, human connection. Sure. I only found out about the <laughs> pornographic AI blowjob bar because I was doing serious work. Yeah, yeah, Elle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can't benefit from it at all. In fact, that's why I was really angry because I just was like, oh, shit, as if we need that. Like it's a mess enough as it is. Yeah. And... That just made me really angry for so many reasons. Yep. But I felt really upset about that, really angry about it. And also there's no ethical guidelines around it at all. Like this is just happening and no, we're under the cover of everything else and during COVID. For and God's I can't sake. imagine this that it happened while this is happening. I can't imagine that a computer gives a great blowjob. But look, what do I know? I'm not... I don't know. Do your uh, research. The AI is really getting up it's there. blowing us all. Um, I am angry at the patriarchy. Um, and so oh, that, I think I mean, what you just described bingo. also files under yeah. the patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the same reason, yeah. I'm angry at capitalism. It's ruining the earth and making us mm. miserable. So fuck you, patriarchy. Yeah. 10 out of 10, my anger levels there. Yeah. All right, and what else? Defense of patriarchy makes me angry. Mm -hmm. I'm angry at everything and everyone that has caused us not to trust ourselves, each other, and our higher vision and power. Mm. It makes me so upset that the truth has been so deconstructed. Yeah. You know, yeah. Again, so we're going to talk about the emotions that are connected to anger. Mm. That's like a bit of helplessness, powerlessness, confusion, anxiety, fear, right? As well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I am angry at the dude who caused the near fatal car accident I was involved in recently because he's being really uncommunicative, unhelpful and unsupportive in organising my car repairs. Seven out of ten. Oh, mm. Wow. Avoidance. Mm. 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 And again, That's it's 2020. Horrid. We're all going through some shit. I can have some compassion here. Maybe he doesn't have a But phone. also, dude, help yeah. me just fix my car. You nearly killed me. Let's get this done. Yeah. Amen to that. I am angry at police violence. I don't think mm. I can watch a single thing of violence on black bodies and police violence without nearly bursting a gasket. Mm -hmm. Like It's mm -hmm. just so unacceptable. I just, how we have gotten to that place yep. is, oh, it enrages me. Yep. That's the end of my list. They're all the things I'm angry at. Wow. I want to I think about... <laughs> Because I've been asking this question to people around me ever since we started having this conversation. And I was talking yeah. to a friend the other day and most of her anger was actually directed inwards. The things that she, and she's had a pretty intense year, oh, but the things yeah. that she named was like, I'm angry at myself for doing this. I'm angry that I did this. I, or people close to her, I'm angry that this person did this to me. It was very, I was very interested to see the different flavors of anger when we're angry at structures or when we're angry at ourselves or we're angry at the people around us. Maybe I need to be more angry at myself. 
Maybe I haven't had a time. Give us the rest of your list. What else have you got? No, mine is really big picture yeah. stuff. Like I think it's because I sit with a lot of people and I hear things like, you know, these fake rental moratoriums that were, you know, oh, we're going to give you time off your rent. Well, now everyone owes $7,000 in rent and now they're getting evicted and their real estates are so uncompassionate. And that's just all fake. That was all just pretense and the the laws were not truly passed on to the people. I'm angry that they're going to take JobKeeper and JobSeeker away from people that really really need it and for international listeners that's the australian government support for people who are suffering financially as a result of covid yeah and don't worry it's happening in other areas Mm. they're not even going to talk about it either and i'm angry at the whole adani mine thing which is oh my my god okay yes country which is about oh hello we'll give them a big tax break yeah and i i'm just furious like even trump paying 750 dollars in tax oh my God, that is infuriating. Yeah. But also how much shit costs is annoying me, time ratio expectations. You know, the fact that American is going to get a helicopter to hospital, a special series of antiviral cocktails and steroids. Yeah, totally. That stuff annoys me. The drama of everything, the theatre of everything is annoying me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm annoyed. Yeah, Adani mine grinds my gears as well. And just the constant yep. disrespect of traditional owners and their rights to their land being completely trampled over so mining companies Nothing. can, like, yep. mine shit that is killing the earth. Yep. And just even there are times I watch media organisations and I think, go on, let's talk about this stuff. Can we stop talking about all the noise and the drama? Let's talk about social economic reform in Melbourne because these people have been locked down for 180 days. That's longer than anywhere else in the world. And that's this and time they around. Have no that's idea not what even going to do. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm angry at child sex trafficking that hasn't yes. been dealt with. I'm angry at, you know, there's that whole concept that we would somehow do it together and I do not feel like that from our government it's like oh well if you were a small business you get to fend for yourself but we're taking care of the big guys all these big guys and then how it's just going to repeat the same pattern if it's not changing the pattern we're just going to do the same thing that's infuriating me so my stuff is really big picture stuff Mm. I think it's really interesting that when you talk to people it was really deeply personal Mm. stuff as well so yep. there is this big picture anger and then yep. there's little picture anger as well. I want to throw a quote from Aristotle in here just because it makes me sound okay. like a, a, a fancy bitch. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really great. Aristotle says, anybody can become angry. That is easy. Yes. Uh, mm. But to be angry with the right person and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way that is not within everybody's power and it's not easy. And so when we talk about anger, it's not just, we certainly don't label anger as bad or wrong. We respect anger. We honor anger. But there is also this understanding that not all anger is constructive, right? But if you can get no. to a place where you can place your anger, what does he say? At the right person to the right degree, at the right time for the right purpose and in the right way, that's the kind of anger bingo. that gets shit done <laughs> and, and is healthy yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Isn't it funny? I asked a lot of people and not one person said they were angry at coronavirus. Mm. Do you think that's strange? I was no, I, I think Aristotle would agree with that. He's like, put the anger where it belongs. I thought it was interesting because more people were angry at systems and mm. lying politicians and all of that than they were at this, you know, supposedly random event yeah it was the way that we're dealing with it or yeah. it's the structure behind it so aristotle's right i'm yeah. gonna say that yeah yeah we lived in a simpler time i think Thinking aristotle five stars so it feels like we're living in hold on ah. just let those guys maybe. well do you know what do you know what kookaburra medicine is it always means to laugh more ah so whenever you hear kookaburras it means go towards humor and the kookaburras, there's quite a few kookaburras who live who live around here, and especially during the the if we're all in like warrior one or something, or in a funny pose in the yoga shack, they laugh at us. It's really good. Like, don't take it personally. Laughing with you, not at you. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay, so it feels like we live in particularly angry times. I don't know if that's mm. if that's real or not, but it's what it feels like. What? Do, why do we get angry? Well, apparently we are angrier. Mm. Like feeling it, but we are. So I was reading the New York Times and it said that in 2019 they did a poll and 84% of Americans said they were absolutely angrier than they were a generation or a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And they described it as though experts are saying that we live in an anger incubator Mm -hmm. and almost as though Mm -hmm. anger was contagious which i think is so interesting yeah why because they said we've had these superimposed disasters that just keep rolling in like waves Mm. and there hasn't been any resolution Mm. so there's the pandemic economic stress and fallout and civil unrest and there's probably arguably a fourth and it's restriction we're being controlled and restricted in ways that we as a democracy have never deemed positive Mm. so it's almost like assault after assault after assault and none of it's been made better and there's no other way to respond to get control Mm. other than anger and we don't really get to tap out anymore it's not like we find out these things back in world war one and two there would i bet you people were pretty pissed back then as well about the state of the world but you'd see it in a newsreel once a month when you went to the cinemas or you'd get Maybe a letter a week home after it had happened. yeah right yeah where it's happening in real time yeah it happens in real time we never get to turn off from it it's always there we don't get i don't know what the anger refractory period is but or like trauma refractory period is but we don't get well, no to- it's actually it's actually having an enormous influence i was reading an article that said we've never had more steroids never had more electronic frequency taking us into hyperarousal and intensity, mm. less, never less sleep, never more fear around mm-hmm. our security mm-hmm. and survival financially. There's things going 24 hours a day, so we don't even live night and day anymore. Yep. We are constantly worried about keeping up. We've got lots of people and energies and relationships we're servicing that are not even in our field. So these are intense times and... Mm we're getting all these hits and downloads of intensity and we need to find a way to re-regulate and reconnect ourselves into a different 
frequency. Yeah. You know, all the electronic frequency is such a high level of intensity. Our foods are very acidic. So our whole system is out of balance in some ways. And they actually did a study that they found that people who had lower glucose levels would stab oh, a voodoo doll of their spouse God. more times out of feeling anger than people who had regulated glucose oh levels. Gosh. So if you're too high or too low, you've got the capacity to get overly angry yep. at the person that you're spending a lot of time with. <laughs> if you're more physiologically regulated through nutrition, you're less likely to have anger outbursts and be able to cope yeah. with the energies going up and down yes. in the system. Yes. So it is interesting, but we seem to be transmuting our anger a lot in that digital space by putting up a meme and all of that. And some of that's not actually doing anything. Mm. There's this discipline known as cliodynamics, mm -hmm. and it's this study of cycles with historical measurements that are graphed mathematically. Mm -hmm. And apparently that every 50 years we go into a cycle of violence to try mm. and transform society. And we talked a little bit about this in Zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. knew this was coming, a period mm -hmm. of civil unrest, revolution, yep. because it, the the pressure wasn't easing. Mm -hmm. And he says we are 100% in the part of that violence cycle now. Feels like Now it. we know, yeah, but as woo-woo conscious people, mm. we say, okay, there may need to be that energy and that violence and that anger and unrest used positively, mm -hmm. but we can use consciousness to work out how that's going to go. Mm. But he says, look, there's no way we're not going to hit that tipping point at this point because we're in that cycle and that phase. It's terrifying, isn't it? I've got a friend who works mm. on the data side of the um, American election process and I've been talking to her about the election and she's just like, yep, there's going to be I can't believe I like. Um, she thinks there's going to be civil war. Like, ugh. I have been predicting that for ten years. In 2010, even earlier, I used to see that the wound in America was unresolved, mm -hmm. and that that rage was still sitting underneath. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that would make sense to me. That there's no other way, unless that can be resolved with leadership. Yeah. There will be a some yeah level of civil unrest and fundamental change that doesn't come about as a result of violence yeah that keeps yep. escalating this guy's name is david andreas and he says that we've we can't go into cultural dementia because of social media anymore which is what you were talking about mm. you know it's all so quick and it's so constant yeah that you can't pretend it doesn't exist so you might be able to turn off from the abc back in you know 1949 but you can't do that now yeah, instagram yeah. has it social media has it everywhere it's on billboards scrolling at an airport or a yeah. train station it's everywhere and it's coming at us and it's saying feel something about this mm. but then isn't it funny when people take to the streets it's like don't feel anything yeah so we're really caught between mm. these two yeah energy and really. and negotiating this new world that we live in which is our online spaces and and living on, we live on the internet as much, maybe even more sometimes than we live in the real world. And so it is yes. hard to know. Do, it is hard to know. Do you do online activism? Do you do on the street activism? Do you get involved in American politics? Well, even though you're not living there, do you only get involved in your local council elections? Like it's, we haven't, it's also new. We haven't quite figured our way out through it yet and how to, how to cope with all no, of this. No, but the psychotherapeutic perspective is that you should be activated consciously and that it's a 
cultural force that needs to be used to change Mm -hmm. society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The thing is that it needs to be unified, though, to get to the end result being positive otherwise we're all fighting for different things yeah, which is and fighting kind each of other what's happening at the moment and we yeah. end up fighting each other yep. yeah i've been really surprised coming back to australia for the first time in a decade the uh, australian anger I've forgotten about how angry this country is because it's this weird dichotomy. We're always considered so friendly. Oh, she'll be right, mate. Like it's all (laughs) fine. And we do have this reputation abroad as very chilled out people. And so I lived in Germany for a long time and that's not the reputation they have. They have the reputation of being super uptight. But then it's really interesting that actually when you scratch under the surface, I would say Australians are more certainly more angry than Germans are and a bit more uptight. And it's mm. like there's this constant this constant push or like at, at any point we could like start a fight in the pub, right? Like or in the supermarket or in the um, traffic. It does feel like you could offend somebody here. Yeah, it does. There is. It does feel like Australians can be easily offended. And I don't think it's about actually being offended. I think it's about um, I have to work so hard to live here. Um, I uh, it's always hot here, and people do tend to get more angry in the heat. Like there's all these restrictions on me. Like there's like even though it's a very privileged, lucky country, I think there are kind of restrictions that weigh down on people that then means that they'll punch somebody in traffic rather than like, and also because we also have that she'll be right, let's not talk her about our emotions, keep calm and carry on nonsense. So I feel like sometimes we don't acknowledge what we're actually angry at. We just like punch the person in the supermarket over the toilet paper back in March, if that makes sense. It's true. Yeah, A friend true. of mine, I, she moved to Sydney and I would get in the car with her and she was unfamiliar with um and road rage like oh god road rage is such a thing so she was unfamiliar with driving in sydney and sometimes she'd make a mistake so she'd click her indicator on to turn left and then realize that that's not actually her left even as she'd left the lane a little bit and then she'd come back and if the car behind her honked her she'd be like what what i'm doing my best and then as soon as a car in front of her made a mistake she'd be like bloody idiot don't know what you're bloody doing and i was like oh my god are you kidding me (laughs) Yeah. Can we all well, not it's just interesting because be connected? In this study, they talked about the fact that as we break down social norms, even you know the way we speak or how we intrude on each other's lives. So, once upon a time, if you wanted to call me, you had to ring me on a landline, mm. and I had to decide to pick up. You didn't mm. know whether I was home. You would presume if I didn't pick up, I might not be home. I might be sleeping. I might be in the shower. Yep. Now. We're like, well, you are clearly looking at your yeah. phone every five minutes. Yeah. Why didn't you, you are answer? Ignoring me. So there's all these breakdowns of boundaries and mm. barriers that we used to hold between each other. And this study was saying that the anger we feel we have the right to project mm. onto each other or to say to each other is at a much more open space now than it yeah. used to be. It was like, you can't say that to somebody. Mm. Now, is that it? That might be a positive thing. Like, it could be used in a positive way but we're definitely living in a time where we feel like we have more right Mm. to say something and and also I want to acknowledge that there are groups that feel like for the first time they've been heard and being supported to say how they've they've been feeling and I'm still surprised at how angry people are about that I know you and I say we live in a cultural bubble a lot with our thinking and our feeling about humanity but I am genuinely surprised when people say they do not support the Black Lives Matter movement. I am. I don't even know what to say to those people. I'm like, 
we live on a different planet. Unfortunately, we don't yeah. actually. I don't even yeah. know where to begin. But it, I, I'm stunned. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense, does it? And again, why do we get angry? Like, what else did this study have to say? Well, scientists believe that the capacity for anger has been hardwired in our brain for millions and millions of years. Like, yeah. it's about evolution, survival, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. So, in part, it's the instinct to fight off threats and mm-hmm. compete mm-hmm. for resources and in, and enforce something that's going to keep us safe. So, even so, fighting for social norms, we've developed as a sense of that's keeping us safe. We are constantly weighing up consciously and subconsciously exactly what's going to happen in every situation. And our brain is wired to kind of take in this information and then work out what it's going to do about it. Now, anger is protective. So anger helps us survive. It gives us strength to fight or run away if we're attacked. How we've learned to manage those different feelings or understand them would depend on how we express that frequency anger doesn't have to be violent anger can be turned into something else but in the body it's all about the physical response to flight and fight quickly and then we're meant to have an equal response that is able to calm us back down and get us into an experience of clarity But we live in a world that is really coming mm-hmm. at us. So mm-hmm. it's increased our hypervigilance in every way. So that secondary nervous system that's meant to kick in and help us calm back down is actually not as regulated and enforced as yep. it should be. And that's why you'll hear a lot of people talking about children learning emotional regulation. Yeah, yeah and definitely. We're watching our children as conscious parents and trying to work out how to teach them to identify the difference of what's going on in their system and what they can do when they start rising in those energies. I mean, once upon a time, toddlers would have a tantrum and it was considered they were being naughty. Now we see it as a cry for help or they're hungry or they need something because that's the way they communicate and their system isn't able to process the energy or the information. So our society has really changed in this way. There's a fantastic book on this called Chimpanzee Politics and it talks about how chimpanzees... They can't be any worse than human politics, yes. (laughs) Well, I think that it's exactly the same. That's why it's such a fascinating book because... Chimps are very aggressive towards each other if you break out of the pack. Even if you just move away and do something different, you will be beaten as a chimp to be brought back into line to follow the norm. Funnily, gorillas don't do that. They're very, very different in Mm -hmm. the way their structure works. And then there are the bonobos and they have sex to resolve all their problems, which is far better the society we'd like to live in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you know, I don't want to have any sex with any thing. current politicians. Actually, if like not, I can't think of a single one. <laughs> oh my God, um, I but... didn't even think of that. Woo, that would be hard. Yeah, I think of okay. a lot I don't want to well, have sex with. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, anger. So it's considered an emotion, not an action, and I think we forget that. Mm. And it's a response to feeling violated or attacked mm. or under threat. Lots of things that make people angry are things that happen every single day and I think we've made them very very normal but if we look at it essentially it could be teased or bullied so disempowered injustice is a huge thing humiliation is something that makes us angry embarrassment and shame which you were talking about yeah 
Um, funnily, pressure and deadlines. Yes. Right? If I'm ever, yep, if Some I'm going to kind of flip it, a, that's yep, when I'll flip it. Happen. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, disappointment. So expectations mm. not being mm-hmm. met. Mm-hmm. My children would know about that. <laughs> um, funnily enough, s- sloppy, sloppy service was rated higher. Yeah, there, meaning okay. I paid for something or I felt that the value I gave you wasn't met in return, which yep. I thought was interesting. It's so funny. I've had so many bonding experiences with call centre workers this year because I feel like for the first time ever when people were like, my phone rings, I don't know the number, why are you calling me, what's going on? This is the first time that people are like, hi, how long have you got? Can we chat? What's going on? What's your life like right now? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, I've done a lot of, yeah, no, go and heat the muffin for the kids and I'll just still standing here with my computer until you get back because so many people have their kids at home. Yeah, um, yeah. Infidelity and betrayal, yeah, which yep, is yep. a really big one. Um, financial stress because it's linked to survival and yep. being told that you have some kind of serious illness or condition that you can't change. So all of those are the top reasons that we get angry and government repression. Yeah, so let's talk about the types of anger because that last one that you just mentioned is we think about like anger at other people, anger at structures, anger at God. And feeling like things are unfair. I have just done a reading for somebody who realised that after dealing with all of their anger at everyone, and this is such a common thing for people who have been through major abuse, is they realise they were angry at the universe because they were probably calling out for help or had aligned themselves for some kind of assistance yeah. and it didn't come, come through. through. And they realised that they feel betrayed by that energy. It's, that's yeah. an enormous one. It's massive, um, isn't it? Spiritual anger. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. So there's healthy anger and there's toxic anger. Let's talk about... Yeah, and this has a lot to do with how you process it in the body. Yeah, right? and what you said was really interesting about anger being an emotion rather than an action. I think also sometimes yeah. like the way we talk about our emotions in English is different how they are talked about in other languages. In English we say I am. I am angry rather than mm-hmm. I am experiencing or I am feeling yeah. and we identify really closely with something that actually is temporary. It, it will pass. Yeah. It's only there for a period, but we get a bit identify with it. it. Does that lead to toxic anger when you identify with it too closely and you can't separate yourself? Yeah, I think so. Because if we look at it physiologically, what happens is anger gives us really strong cortisol rush, mm. noradrenaline and adrenaline it rush. It can feel so it amazing, can't like it? like a high. Mm. Yes, because it gives you this momentary bang of mm. motivation. Yep. So in some ways, it it's an amazing yep. reaction in and the And especially if you feel like you've been eating shit a lot or you've just like not been allowed to stand up and say – it's all piled on top of each other. That moment when you finally snap actually can feel amazing it can feel very powerful and liberating and freeing yes powerful so it's in it's in some ways a really healthy experience Mm. i mean it's got to be part of the cycle in the body Mm. to be able if you're unheard or you feel like something's happening that's not empowering you it's a natural response to feel Mm. like you want to run or fight Mm -hmm. but where it becomes toxic is when it's connected to a sense of entitlement and we Mm. lose a sense of that boundary around how we're saying what we need to say and how we're expressing ourselves so for example as you said anger is 
an emotion, not an action. It's an energy. So if I just need to get, say you've said something to me and I just want to get that energy out and I just go, I'm going to spray you Mm. with my anger. There's actually no resolution to that. Mm. All that's going to happen is that you're going to get angry or retreat. Ratchets up. And then it all just Mm. then ricochets off each other. The only way really it becomes healthy is if you can find some way to complete the cycle of your own rage or Mm. anger, all of the hormonal frequencies that go with it, and then go, now I'm in a clear space. What I'd like to say and address is this, because you can't hear anything. They did this study. Oh, phenomenal study. You actually can't hear anything anyone else is saying, like your partner or anyone, if your heart rate is going over 100 beats a minute. Yeah, okay. You don't hear correctly. You can't sense and feel what they're saying, which is amazing to know. Yeah. There's one place that that doesn't work, and it is that if – you have an example of a group that has tried to express themselves in a healthy way, mm-hmm. like they've tried to use channels of politics and government yep. and all of that, yep. and that's not working, then the only way to express it is physically. Yep. And and that's where it's become tricky because that's actually been presented by media as toxic. Yeah, when in fact it's, so it's actually controlling. Yeah. It's gaslighting someone's anger. Yes. So yeah, and that happens in individual situations and families as well where people try to speak out and go, "Hey, I'm feeling this, something's not right." Mm. And then someone's going, "Ah." Oh, yeah. Like, oh yep. my goodness. Yep. This is probably one of the most complicated energies that we have to work with yep. in and the, our system. The famous 48-hour rule really comes into play here, doesn't it? At least personally for me, yes. when I'm in it, whatever I'm saying isn't going to be the truth. I'm just going to be reacting. I'm not going to be thinking. I'm just going to be releasing. So I need to kind of go away and do that on my own time. It's only 48 hours yeah. later that I'll be able to go, okay, this, is, hour rule. this yeah. is what this is what I think about this. This is what's really going on for me. Well, the 48-hour rule developed because I wasn't good at doing that. Yeah, okay. In fact, I think I was repressed so much with my anger at times when I was little that I used to just come out barking mm. about it and thinking that that was actually going to keep me safe, but it actually made me incredibly unsafe because all it did was make everyone angry at me. And then you just feel even worse and it starts that whole cycle again. So that 100 beats per minute is interesting. If you feel yourself accelerating, you you can't deal with it at that point. I I dealt in uh, passive-aggressive anger. For a really long time as well. That was like until I got my shit together. That's how the poor people around me were treated. Um, I love that in Australia we say passag because we shorten everything. So I was super passag, which is a really interesting way of dealing with anger because it means that I never actually tell you. I'm never actually verbalizing what's going on. I'm never telling you what I need. I'm expecting you to read my mind. And to agree to see the world the way I see the world. And then when you don't, I'm not calling you on it. I'm just getting aggressive. I think the personal benefit for me was that I didn't have to state my needs. I was very uncomfortable with speaking my truth and stating my needs. It was too vulnerable for me and I didn't believe they would be met. So instead, I just, yeah, get it all twisted up and like just chip away, chip away, chip away. 
And the other thing about that, when I read the energy of passive aggressive frequency is that it means that your anger was not allowed as a child Mm. and the shadow was considered so shameful and Mm -hmm. so horrible Mm -hmm. that if you turned around to someone and said, I'm feeling really angry about that. Oh, my God. So, like, that... Was you my, were like, I am my shadow is now being exposed. Where my worst nightmare. As someone who grows up with that feeling mm, of being allowed to say, mm. today I just am really angry yep. around it. I'm having lots of emotions. Yep. It, and there's no shame. They don't go into passive aggressive. Yeah, they just yep. go into, I want to resolve. Families who resolve. know how to fight. My family didn't know how to fight. My I think a family fight, that yeah. knows how to fight and puts it all on the table and says what needs to be said and then gets over it and forgives yeah, maybe people in those families aren't quite so passive aggressive or like you because you've got you've learned a different muscle to help you exercise your anger. So I have friends that are passive aggressive yeah. and I have to sometimes say, okay, can we talk about that? Yeah. And they look at me like a turtle that mm-hmm. is about to restrict mm-hmm. into their shell mm-hmm. and go, please, can we, oh my God, can we just not talk about it, please? Oh my God, I just, I'll never do it again. We'll never do it again. It's okay. And I'm like, no, we have to talk about it. Mm. And I realized that I had to be with someone in my world and my intimate life who was like, yep, let's talk about it. Because I realized that my energy of wanting to talk about it is a lot for people who do not want to resolve like that. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter how you feel. Let's put it on the table. Let's work it out. And to to a passive aggressive person, that's a nightmare, right? Yes, yes, yes. Because I would just like, and I'm better now, but previously I'd be like, let's just sweep it under the carpet till the end of time. But I'm going to be a bitch because you're not doing exactly what I want you to do because I didn't tell you what I needed. And now I'm going to punish you for not reading my mind. You're welcome. You're all welcome. Okay, so there's this kind of Buddhist philosophy that anger contaminates everything and it's kind of the colour of brown in the colour palette. Do you ever paint when you're a kid and then Mm. accidentally mix too many colours together and get brown? And then it's all brown, yes, and it's such a disappointing moment. That's kind of what anger's like. And when we look at the chakras, what happens is the third chakra is the one that just really reacts to this frequency of anger and the energy of power Mm. and how we develop a balance with that is I guess how much energy and power and a feeling of assertion we're allowed to have as a child and throughout our journey it has a very intense reaction to all of the body frequencies so if you're angry you're lit up like a Christmas tree in your chakras and it really is important to get it out through the base otherwise you explode it through other chakras that are probably not going to use it as have positively. I, have I told you the story about the greatest? It's one. It's still today one of the greatest moments of my life, and I've never. I, it was the most yogic I've ever been. I have never been in my body, my breath, my intention as clearly before. It's like time slowed down, and I was one with the universe. And I had been <laughs> leaning over and tying late at night out, outside a bar, um, tying up my bike. And a dude um, pinched my butt and I had my bike lock in my hand. And I'd just seen the Kathleen Hanna documentary, recommend it. But because she's so full of righteous rage and power, all of a sudden I was full of righteous rage and power. And I didn't doubt it. Often in the past, if that happened, I think, oh, no, that didn't happen. I'm imagining it. But I clearly felt a hand on my butt and I'd seen some guys walking towards us, three girls locking up our bikes. So I still had my bike lock in my hand And I turned around and just looked in his face and screamed at him, 
what did I say? You don't get to touch, you don't touch me. You don't get to touch me. And I smashed him with my bike chain. And it was like, yeah. And it was like, and it's, I don't think you'll ever touch another woman's butt on the street again. I think that dude learned his lesson, but it was just this really righteous, powerful anger. And I didn't get him in the head. I hit him in the legs. Like I wasn't actually out to seriously injure someone, but like it was laying a boundary. It was standing in power. I just felt it is about so a boundary. charged yeah. and, and righteous. Yeah. And it was a healthy, it was a really healthy anger as well. It was like, I am telling you what you need to know, my friend. Like I am sending that anger where it belongs. And so many times as women, we are not taught to keep the wild part of ourselves. Yeah. Our fangs are taken yeah. very early and we stand up to someone, we say too much, we do too much, mm. we highlight something and we're considered like not of the ilk that would have been lovable mm. and therefore we learnt to silence our yeah. rage. And to doubt ourselves? Well, there's a theory in the story that there was the myth of the Garden of Eden and actually it was Adam and Lilith who were together yeah. in the Garden of Eden yeah. and she would not let him mount her. She was like, nope, I'm sorry, you are not treating me like an animal. We're going to do it my way. And he was like, I'm putting my own twist on the biblical tales here. Hit it. And, um, and she's like, no, I'm leaving. I'm, you're not going to take me like that. And she leaves. She leaves the Garden of Eden. Now she goes into the wildness, right? Mm. And she mates with the demonic forces and they yeah. treat her Girl like a goddess. Hers. Yeah, Lilith. And then the theory is God, Adam's crying in the Garden of Eden and he's all alone. And God goes, oh, for God's sake, give me one of your ribs. And he gives him a rib, makes a woman, Eve, who he can dominate. And there's a theory that there are two types of women on the planet. There are Eves and there are Liliths. But I'm going to argue there's actually another character in there and it's the Lilith that pretends to be an Eve until Mm. she realises she's a Lilith. And that's what most of us were. We were like taught, oh, go and and put the socks in the laundry wash and get that all happening at home and then all of a sudden we're like I'm not doing that anymore anymore. well because the the anger is socialized differently among Mm. boys and girls and then treated differently among adult men and adult women an American psychologist conducted extensive research on anger found that participants were more supportive of President Bill Clinton when they viewed him expressing anger towards Mm. Monica Lewinsky than when they saw him expressing sadness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the effect has been replicated with heaps of politicians. Yeah. And it's like there is a bit of a boys will be boys or like what did you expect or where women are taught to like regulate, moderate, don't show it, turn it inside, it's probably your fault. Oh, your butt got touched on the street. Were you wearing a short skirt? Why were you out late at night? Why were you drinking? Women are berated for being angry. They are shamed for being angry. If a woman's instinct is injured, she kind of ambushes herself. She loses her psychic protection. She Mm. doesn't know how to heal herself and she dwells in trauma and she goes over the scar tissue. Mm. So when we're told to calm down Mm -hmm. and we're pacified Mm -hmm. or we're ignored, of course, the rage is going to grow. Yeah. And Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who we all love. We go. do. She's Not back. as much as Lynette loves her, but we all love her. <laughs> but as she well. talks about the fact that when a woman hasn't got that feeling of rage within her, she can't set a boundary. Mm. Her river runs dry. She doesn't have her creative force with her. 
she mm. there's there's a sort of a, a death inside mm. because she's she's lost the fire force so in our energy it does look like life force so if yep. you are constantly living in passive aggression or you're not getting angry about things especially in the world like a pandemic restrictive you know civil war energy with financial economic collapse is probably a good reason to feel a little bit frustrated and angry and decide what you need and want and what your boundaries are then your energy system isn't fueled so we don't want to cut anger out altogether we don't want to no. tip into toxic anger no. but we also don't want to cut it out altogether no. we want to express it as passion and drive mm. and the desire to change and as it, like anger really is an opportunity to heal as well if you can get to the point where you can yeah. say to someone this made me angry that's in a really like in a calmish way it's an opening yeah and we have to put those obsessive thoughts and feelings to rest we have to heal them like they're restless spirits within us mm. and we have to understand and be compassionate with our own psyche and our own shadow and our own anger so we can honor that yeah. in others yes. we need to recognize yes. this illusion that there is a battle going on between us and everyone else and that somehow making peace or finding a resolution even if it is separation is a positive way to restore balance yeah, we have to yeah, think definitely. in terms of balance not binary oppositions at yep. the moment mm. it's kind of like going up a mountain isn't it we've got to conquer this mountain within us so that we can do it together in our families in our relationships around us and then in our society yeah. and i read an article that said we're poised in this time of history for fierceness and we need to figure out a way to use this fierceness without it being vengeful and violent and raw rage, which sometimes it's going to feel like we wanted to do. I saw Russell Brand spoke on his Instagram all about making sure that the antidote to Trump is to really speak about it as though how we got here yeah. and what we're going to do about it, yeah. not just talking about him. Yes. And I think that's a really interesting thing when it becomes activated and the questions become positive about reform and resolve, we get a very different lot of thoughts come into our mind. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris Hincola just talks about, you know, sitting with anger and inviting it to tea mm. and working and talking mm -hmm. through it and mm -hmm. and truly befriending and coming to understand the parts of us that are in rage. Yep. I don't think you can psychically make something that you're angry about neutral without going through the full cycle of it. You can't you can't just go to the heart chakra and release it away. Mm. You have to go through the steps mm. of the chakras. It's an opening. If we look at it, the base chakra says, you did that to me, I'm going to do it to you. Mm, so That's you, toxic. You, you know, toxic as shit. Right? Mm -hmm. The navel chakra, if you take the energy up, says, all right, let's look at how we can balance this yep. and what we need to do to make it right. So it tries to make an amends or it tries to create something with it. The third chakra says, how can you keep your power and I keep my power? How can we mm -hmm. all have our power? Mm -hmm. Which is what the US Constitution is meant to be based on. The heart chakra says, which we're all trying to get to, I believe, during this spiritual revolution, yep. is we're all one. So if I hurt you, yeah. I'm yep. hurting me. If you're yep. unhappy, I'm unhappy. Yep. So we have to come hurt to people, some kind people. of agreed 
resolution. Even if it is, I can't heal that right now, straight away. Mm -hmm. Give me time. That's Mm. still a peaceful heart chakra resolution. The throat chakra says and commits to that we use our power to fuel all of that positively. So we don't over use or direct the energy in a in a way that's going to affect other groups and other people on mm-hmm. a greater level mm-hmm. and the third eye says i'll use my spiritual wisdom so i'll use discernment when to use power when not to use power mm-hmm. and use a spiritual power so when all the chakras are activated properly we really move away from that eye for an eye stuff yep. and we yep. start to move into a much more omnipresent level of healing yep. around our anger. Well, because that's that's the thing, isn't it? Anger's not always just anger. It's like the, the entryway into yeah. understanding what's going on, but there's often something going on underneath. So when I scream into a pillow, technique I learned from you, one that has really helped me manage my anger, generally I have a really big cry at the end of it. Because when I'm in the pillow, I'm just like, I'm so angry, I'm screaming, I'm so furious. But once I can rip that the top of that can off, I can see it's actually a can of sadness. And then and I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to sit in my sadness. I like it's much easier for me to point fingers at other people and then hope that they'll come back and give me a grand gesture apology and fix everything than it is for me to just sit quietly in my own sadness and process it. That's boring as shit. Fascinating, isn't it? But that's what's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. That was some of the most interesting work I think I did was looking at the fact that anger isn't an emotional cover, like it's Mm. a beautiful protector Mm -hmm. of other Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be... Um, well, it can look like different things. Let's talk about that. It can look yeah. like sarcasm, criticism, withdrawal, yeah. irritation, impatience, resentment, jealousy. It doesn't have to just look like rage. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's a really good point, actually, that we think of anger as being someone yelling, but it's also someone withdrawing or somebody niggling. Oh, yeah, 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 or somebody being sarcastic. Yeah. And and to look at the way you do that yeah. is quite confronting. <laughs> like, You know, so someone did something to me. Well, I just didn't do that next time for them as well as I might normally. Or I might put them to the bottom of my Christmas list. Or it is interesting. Oh, that's the shadow walk you're talking about. But also looking at anger as an emotional cover. That's where we get really vulnerable. You know, am I frightened? Am I grieving? Am I anxious? Am I projecting? Because all of these things have lots of similar... Hormones running around. Yes. Yep. Shame is massive around it. And shame is where anger can become addictive. Because you get to turn it outwards, right? You get to be like, oh, you're the problem rather than I'm in shame and and that's not a pleasant place to be. I'm worried I'm not good enough. So what I'm going to do is in traffic, I'm going to punch you and tell you you're not good enough. And then that's how I'll solve that situation. And in essence, our neurobiology rewards anger. Mm. Like anger feels great. It makes us feel alive. It's like a shot of drug an yeah. adrenaline drug yeah. but the uh, what's interesting is it, it, it boosts ego fragility so if mm. you've been feeling you can see where trump uses a lot of anger and force and rage <sighs> and dominance because it makes up for a lot of ego fragility yeah, and yeah. so it becomes addictive when we start to see that we need that hit and we don't want to get to these other emotions. Yeah. I don't want to feel vulnerable. Yeah. So if my shame is going to make me feel vulnerable or my grief is going to make me feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terry Crews, he talks yeah. about being little and his father was a raging alcoholic and used to beat up his mother in front of him. Mm. And, you know, then he grew up in a hood where 
the car would pull up and someone would get beaten up and he grew up in an energy of violence domestically and on on the street. Yep. And he would train with the intention that one day he was going to beat the crap out of his father. And one day at Christmas, he was an older man. He was a yep. huge man. And they went for Christmas and he said to his father when he walks through the door, no business here, nothing today. You keep it clean. Yeah. And his father started on his mother and he hit her. And he got up, he put all his family into a room and he went and beat the crap out of his father. And he says that it was his poignant realisation that after all the years of training to do that, it did not make him feel better. He didn't yeah. get what he thought he was yes. going to get out of it. Yes. And what was interesting is that then he was later in his life and he's come out to say this, that he was put in an experience where he was sexually assaulted by another male in front of his mm. wife. Oh, and when he was asked, when he came out during the Me Too movement with Harvey Weinstein and everything, and he was asked by a judge why he didn't fight back, he talked about this story and he said, I've learned not to do that. And my wife and I have talked about it extensively that nothing good would come from me doing that. And it's such an amazing story. He also goes on to talk about his addiction with sex and porn because that was the yep. safest way for him to express his anger yep. and he had no idea that they were correlated and mm. connected and so he's an amazing human when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you ever withdrawn from raging or anger or because you're passive aggressive, that might have been different? In, uh, no. So again, first 35 years of my life, if somebody, I'm getting better at it now, but it, generally if somebody gets angry, I shut down and, and walk away. I find it hard. I'm getting so I'm I hope I'm getting better at it. But withdrawal withdrawal it, is my first. It. I'll hang up the phone, I'll shut the door, I'll be like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. withdraw. Yeah. I I find it hard to step back and go, "Well, actually, this is what I'm thinking." I'm just like, ah. Okay, so we're really opposite there. I have to go. Maybe today's not the day we talk about that. Give me a moment to sit with it. Yeah. I need to just sit with it and I'll move through those layers. Yeah. And then usually I come out and go, actually, that's got something, that trigger had something to do with something else. Mm. What you're asking me is, can I get the milk on the way home and stop at the corner store that's got the roundy road that I don't want to stop at? Actually, I can. Yeah. I will do that for, you know, like it's interesting how when you move through it, sometimes what is the trigger is not actually like every time it's never about, about getting the milk is it you don't actually no, get that never. angry about somebody asking you to get the milk there's al- it's always something else going on and in all those feelings anxiety fear especially those hyper aroused feelings there's a desire for control and with yeah. grief there's a feeling of i need to resolve i need i need to be seen or i need for it to be made amends or to be made right. And yes. so at least if we're getting to these deeper emotions, we know what is needed to make it right again. I realised recently um, how much I go into story to protect myself. So rather Story's than yeah, rather than dealing with the vulnerability of I am hurt and it saddens mm. me that I'm hurt and it scares me that people can hurt me because I don't want that to happen. I go into a story. Well, she did this and she did that and she she's the baddie and I'm the goodie. And I have like this amazing casting couch where I get cast as like 
the innocent Omnipresent. wench. Yes. <laughs> and the other person is cast as the villain. Yeah. And I just, then I get very wrapped up in the story because it takes me out of emotion and into my head rather than just going down and either feeling my anger and expressing it clearly or feeling my anger, ripping the lid off and then sitting in my sadness. Love this because this goes back to what we were talking about last time in Dark Forces Mm. where there is equal light and dark in every Mm. energy and every being Mm -hmm. in in that from in mm-hmm. that way and that the acknowledgement that there is no polarization yeah. is actually the point of healing and that's what we're doing culturally we're making something good something bad and we're not going how did we get here and how do we fix it yeah to bring it back into balance and i agree and one of the things my teacher joan my counselor joan used to say to me was okay, let yourself go with the story and she'd give me time. I think I've said this before. And then she'd go, what if there were no villains and there were no good witches? What if we looked at just the essence of what we need to do to resolve this? And you know what's interesting when you look at what do we need to do to resolve this? Like I'll often say that to my kids. Okay, what's the solution here? We don't need to get angry. As soon as you talk resolution, if you've got a rage like addiction chemically going on, mm. you won't want to talk about the resolution. Yeah, no, you won't. You want to go like, another round. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how dare you? Like how dare you take me mm. out of my rage might be it. And Patrick Kahn is someone I will direct people to if you're in this boat or you're very interested in it, but he's talked a lot about the relationship of sex and anger mm-hmm. and sex addiction and anger and children mm. who were not able to express their anger a lot in their childhood, particularly if they were abused or neglected, will often start a very early sex addiction as a way of soothing their anger. It's a much Mm. nicer way to get that energy released from the body Mm -hmm. than it is to be in rage, especially if it meant you were going to get hit if you came out and you were raging. Why not masturbate and get that happening Mm. and fulfill the release circuit? And so what happens as an adult is that we don't learn that that's not positive. So one of the big things is to remember not, to, I know this sounds crazy, but not to fight and fuck in your relationship. It, it's not necessarily. I mean, an God, it can be so potent, though, of can't course, it? Good but Lord! All those chemicals. Well, I'm not going to say never do it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> is is that as a general rule, yeah. like what we want to do is try and break these cycles of chemical, hormonal addiction because anger and sex addiction. And even any food addiction can be processed. Mm. They're called process addictions. So they're things we use to soothe and break circuits in by what we do. And so we have to undo that. We need our brain to help us do that. So it's simply making little rules like I'm going to take 24 hours before yeah. I speak to someone. Yeah. Here's yeah. my body. And my, my sons have this chart on the wall at home that they were given by their um, teachers and it's red light, orange light, green light, you know, all the different colours and we of the rainbow and we each one's assigned an emotion. And if we get up into orange, we have to stop yeah. and say, okay, we can't talk about this at the mm-hmm. moment because we're in the orange zone and it's no gonna one... It's going to get punchy. Yes. Dan and I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in the orange zone. I'm in the orange it's orange it's orange babes gotta back out and then, no, and then the kids are like that's the red zone actually you hit the red zone well so this is all really good like this is this the question is what do we do with our anger like if we don't want to be mm. in toxic anger and we don't want to be passag how do what do we do yeah. with our anger it comes it is an emotion that we all experience it is hardwired into us it can be very positive yep. 
it can also make us creative and productive. So if you're trying to get something done, if you yeah. look at people who are in creation, they often, you know, the mad artist, it's because that energy of drama propels yeah. some kind of birth. What else do we do? Well, it's really important it is physicalized in some way. Mm. And I, you know, we've talked about spiritual bypassing before. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I have met so many people because, you know me, I'm big on the base chakra releases. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I haven't done that section. And then we get up higher and they're way in passive aggressive anger. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, did you miss the screaming part? Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you? No. Mm -hmm. And try and skip over that bit of work. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, so it has to become physicalized somehow. Yeah. So people with a daily exercise routine yeah. who can channel it through their run or their swim yeah. or their class. screaming into their pillow, boxing class, whatever, is awesome. Yeah. But then really it is developing a sense of emotional authenticity yeah. where we ask how high am I on the anger scale, like getting yeah. to recognize the feelings in, in our body getting to recognize our triggers yeah. because if we don't know our triggers, we're going to walk yeah. into them. What am I really, yeah, what am I really angry at? Like, okay, yeah. fine, I'm yeah. punching you in the traffic, but I'm really angry at the politicians. So I probably shouldn't be punching you. This is interesting too. This Spanish scientist, Nuce Herrero, he discovered that increased left brain activity produces a motivation of closeness when we get angry. So we have a natural tendency to get closer to what makes us angry to try and eliminate it. There's also been studies to say that we will match anger eventually. So if you're in a house where somebody is angry, so if your toddler is having a really angry, terrible too, at some point you might find yourself actually talking to your toddler in the same energy. Yeah, totally. And we as oh human God. beings kind of try and regulate things sometimes by mimicking it or going towards it, even when we should actually consciously learn, hold on a minute, no, mm. I need to stop and do this a different way. So isn't that interesting that there's mm-hmm. all these studies mm-hmm. done on how we respond to this Mm. do you have anything that you avoid because you know it's going to enrage you because i have a few things that i go okay i'm going i know that's gonna yeah that's just gonna make me angry um i at the moment it's american politics actually like i'm finding it very hard to look at anything that's going on there because i just know that it'll rev me up there's a few Oh, what's his fucking name? Jordan fucking Peterson. God, I'm angry at that dude. He can bite me. And incels in general and that whole like really corrupt part of the internet, I find it really hard to even have a conversation about that because I get furious. Any abuse with children without being absolutely enraged. In fact, I asked to not be on jury duty around that because I don't think I can be impartial. Yeah. You know what my other one at the moment is? Climate change deniers. So I met my first billionaire. <laughs> early, was it earlier this year? Last at end of last year, I met my first billionaire. Did not know he was a billionaire at the time. He was a climate change denier, and I have this policy where if you hold abhorrent views, you don't get any of Mrs. Nice Me. And I'm not. I'm pretty good in conversation and like smoothing things over and having a chat with a stranger. And as soon as these views started coming out, I just pinned him to the ground I wasn't being nice I wasn't being friendly Mm. I wasn't like awkward silence I'm gonna let that go on I'm not gonna (laughs) fill it and I was just I was really brutal to this 
I want to say poor billionaire, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, because climate change deniers are especially really rich ones. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be polite. I won't be polite. We can, we're going to do a whole show on that. Because, mm. Wow, yeah. Mm. Yes, so it's interesting because once you know your triggers, I think like I will excuse myself from mm. situations mm-hmm. where I think I'm just going to end up in opposition to you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is not going to be good. Mm. But I think what we need to do with it, it's interesting because have you heard about the practice? I think we did some work on it called Ho'oponopono in the Hawaiian culture. where they Is that where we punch pumpkins? Front. No, that's different. No, this is where we do forgiveness and release, which Ooh. says you've given me a gift by something mm. you've done and I am going to try and work out what that gift is mm. and I'm going to try and work out a way to neutralize it in some way that brings it back to a space of non-aggression now that doesn't mean you makes it right it doesn't mean that you're completely done with it Mm -hmm. but it means you process it to a point where you see everything as whole and Mm. one there'll be often big councils about this where people will go for days and talk about it until they come to resolution of some description yeah how beautiful so that's something we have to learn to do better is to have conversations i'll say to a friend why don't we leave it there and why don't we talk again in two weeks yeah yeah, you know, it's that kind of notion. My um, my one of my mantras this year has been: you can't fix it, you have to feel it. And I think yeah. that's because I often go into like, okay, I'm angry about this, I need to make it right, or I need to fix it, or whatever. But actually, a lot of the time, I just can't because there's someone else involved, and I can't walk over their experience. Or it's climate change, and I can do my bit, but I can't actually fix it. And so yeah. again, it's like the stories. The way I get out of that is, I've got, I've got to feel it. And then maybe actually from feeling it, solution can can come. Which is interesting because this is something the pandemic has really made difficult, but face-to-face contact and social contact Mm. and having connection where you Mm. can actually see and feel somebody is a way that a lot of anger can be diminished. And so it's people are misreading all these text messages. Yes, you leave me a, a little message, a little comment that goes, great post and I hear the sarcastic great post and then I you know like and then it's back and forth back and forth it's hard to <laughs> hear our tone. stories take over yeah, exactly yeah so when we turn anger into inspiration and use it as fuel to take action to protect something yeah. create something change something heal something yeah that's how it becomes positive connecting with nature you know not only does the oh, frequency yes. of nature put us in our yes. heart chakra frequency but also it puts us in a sense of awe so mm. if you're around massive trees they stand taller than you and they've done all these studies where we start to feel not the center of the universe mm. anymore which is actually a really positive thing mm-hmm. for us to feel mm-hmm. because we think okay well maybe there's more to this big picture than yep. i understand so that nature is a really great and thing. there's nothing quite like crying in the ocean screaming in nature throwing some rocks off a cliff yeah nature, like nature hugging a cro- hugging a tree yeah yeah like i feel like some like sometimes oh, i'll even just put my hands in the earth and be like can you take this from yeah. me Please take the this from me. The ocean is my place. Yeah. yeah yep, the ocean yep. is my place. Empathy also like mm. learning to write. So Joan was great on this. She'd go, I want you to write down what you think that person's thinking and feeling and why they might be thinking and feeling that and mm. what they're trying to say that you're doing and that's making them feel that way. Yep. And I want you to consider whether or not you can empathize with them. At first you're like, they're just thinking I'm a dumb idiot who just did dumb things. Well, I was thinking I'm empathetic. Don't tell me I'm not empathetic. (laughs) 
But actually, when I sat down and actually did it yeah. as a process, yeah. I realized I had made that person 70 times wrong yeah. before it even like got yeah. to, why are they angry at me? I want to chuck you a know? quote from Shannon L. Alder in here. Most misunderstandings in the world could be avoided if people would simply take the time to ask, what else could this mean? Which I find yes. it very hard to do. I mean, yes. I always think, well, you're being mean to me. You hate me. You think I'm dumb mm. rather than you're having a really hard day. You're really suffering. Yeah. You're finding things very yeah. difficult and your best effort at the moment is a bit shit and I can hold space for that. But in the moment, I'm like, you cut me off in traffic or whatever it is, you know? Oh, yeah, and it's looking at the world as though it's it's either lacking love or being loving. Like mm. maybe someone doing this even mm. though it doesn't feel good because they love me, which I often think with my children, I often say to them, mummy's not doing this because she doesn't love you. Mummy's yeah. doing this because it's the best thing for yeah. you. You can't yeah. be in the cold wind in your wet swimmers. Yeah. We have to get out of the pool. They're angry, but I'm doing it because I love them. Yeah. So is this because someone loves me or is it because they're lacking in some kind of love yep. so it takes that whole about you so that's the big thing often we get angry because we make the whole thing about us we're very uh, egocentric that has been the majority 80 percent of my life to this date is me thinking that i'm starring in my own personal movie and everybody else is just like the supporting actors uh anyway there is no center to the universe and i'm not it is something that i have um have discovered more recently <laughs> amen we all have to go there we all have to get through that tunnel the big thing that we did was the four seven eight breathing the diaphragmatic mm. breath yeah because the vagus nerve is connected to all these hormones and if you can calm that breathing down you can often get yourself out of the circuit i find i need a little bit more if i'm in rage i might need to go for a swim yeah. or do a big yoga yang yoga class yeah. but you'll find your way but the if your breath is not regulated then you are are in some kind of energy mm-hmm. or emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the breath is amazing though, isn't it? The other thing is, and I don't know if you find this, is that thinking, the story, how to break the story, how to get a circuit breaker. Mm. Mantra. Board. Mantra so is good. Do? Mantra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's my mantra that, that I'm using at the moment, which is I can't fix it, I have to feel it. That helps get me out of the story mm. and into my feelings. Um, and I think yeah. when you can start to understand the flavor of your anger and your triggers and in a calm moment, it's like mantras are a bit like safe words. Like you make your sex safe word when you're not having sex yes. so that when you're really yeah. getting into it, it's all it's already been agreed on. Mm-hmm. The rules are clear. Yes. You've got it. You can call yes. on it. It's kind of the same with a mantra. When you sit really calmly and you do your work yeah. and you figure out what your triggers are, that's when you come up with the your response to that. So the trigger comes up, you feel the anger rise and you've got your next statement fully prepared, which is I'm allowed to walk away or I understand that this is one of my triggers or what am I really angry about? Where do I feel this in my body? How can I breathe? Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you do it in a moment of calm to prepare yourself for the moment of, of anger. Mm. You do. And I think this is much easier when it's an instant. So say something happens between you and me. Yeah. I'm late. Oh, that might happen all the time. <laughs> that has never happened, Lynette. I don't know what you're talking you about. I, I, <laughs> you're very graceful now. <laughs> you know it. I think you just build it in, which I'm sorry about. But anyway, that that that's an instantaneous experience. I think where it gets harder and it takes a lot more practice is when it's something way back like it is Mm. a you know an intrinsic primordial Mm -hmm. connection Mm -hmm. to your abuse or neglect Mm. it's Mm -hmm. something that could even be transgenerational so it's been you know like a experience of disempowerment through war or government 
or something like that. Like yeah. I know the minute some people hear the word lockdown, mandatory, they've mm. come from places in the world where that was absolutely horrendous. So it's yeah. a very triggering experience. Yeah. Even genetic anger passed on mm-hmm. that wasn't resolved, like abuse from your mother or your, that yeah. happened to them that yeah. you, they haven't resolved yeah. that could be triggering for you too. So I think it's easier when it's present time. It's mm-hmm. harder when mm. it has an echo from yeah. the past. And, yeah. I, and also we've got to talk about the fact that when it's collective rage that is systemic racism or something like that, I mean – that is going to be so much harder for yep. someone to process through these techniques and yep. that requires a lot of energy. Yeah. And I think that kind of anger as well, you might not even know, you might not be able to name it yet. It might be something mm. because it, w- it wasn't explicitly given to you necessarily. It was like the water yes. you've been swimming in your whole life. Either it came down the generational line from your family yes. or systemic through society. You might it's so much easier to say, and I know I keep using this example, that person cut me off in the car. I can I can see that that made me angry yeah. rather than something, yeah, that's so far back that I don't even know how to name it yet, which is where shadow work, which just keeps coming up again in this conversation, doing your shadow work and looking at the parts of yourself that you haven't seen before or aren't really close and comfortable with, that can help bring this to the surface and then you have the opportunity to work through it and name it and understand it and transmute it and use it as passion. There's a lot of talk about generational cultural anger and how to heal it. And there are some real masters of our time, like Marshall Rosenberg talked about effective communication. He used to sit in peace talks to see if people could hear each other and listen and try and develop understanding. Hmm. And I think it's interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, millennials Mm -hmm. have been named as the generation considered to be weaker than any previous generation. They are basically going to be left with more problems and potentially will die younger than any other generation previously, which I just go, oh, my goodness, this cannot happen. And the way they're fighting back is really interesting. They're using social media to direct their anger and frustration and they're creating new ways of protest, which is amazing and wonderful. And we're still getting a handle on that, like with the whole cancel culture stuff and all of that kind of stuff. But that's millennials' way of reclaiming power and fighting back and directing the flow. Someone asked me the other day, why are you so angry for black people in America? And my response, first of all, was why are you not? Mm, Yep. (laughs) And, you know, because that's my first response is Mm -hmm. to like, Mm -hmm. but my greater response is that it is very clear in my consciousness that, we have not all had the same equitable Mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. That is very clear to me. I guess my answer would be along the same lines in that injustice for one is injustice for all and that it's my job to be angry about this, not specifically in America. I'm not connected to that situation. But when I think about black people in Australia, my ancestors built the cage that they live in and the way that I am a good descendant to my ancestors is I undo the bad work I undo the harm they've caused and the way I am a good ancestor to those who come after me is I make sure that the work is done and so they don't continue adding to the cage. Our job is to stop the generational pain in whatever way we can. And also I think it is because I empathise, I can see 
the yeah. pain. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know how that person couldn't see the pain. Yeah. I said, do you not see the yeah. pain? Yeah, so the, I find it very interesting as well when it comes to animals. I've been vegetarian since I left home. I've been vegan for many mm. years. I'm a little bit the same when people don't mm. care about the suffering of animals. Or like, they're just animals. Who gives mm. a shit? And I'm like, ugh. Like that also, yes. there's an empathy that I have there also that I find it difficult when other people don't have that same view as me or that same empathetic connection. And so that's interesting because all the studies about how our society and how we can heal our anger mm. is to come back to some emotional authenticity mm. and to get in touch with our empathy. And yep. so we have to mm. be in the body, work with mm-hmm. the body mm-hmm. and to be connected to the world around us positively to be able to have a sense of that authenticity and that empathy, but you can see, I guess, by our responses, why that's so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what I—that's what I think we should talk about next: is can anger be positive? Like we've talked a lot about divisive anger yeah, and anger. It's such a divisive. Yeah, thing. and anger is rage, yeah. and anger is um, not a problem. We've never said that, but like maybe not necessarily as a positive force, because it can be a force of change. Anger. Yes, and. Clarissa Pinkola Estes yes. talks about this beautifully as Short. it's a cycle of rage and mm. it's it's a fertile cycle. When it, it rises, it falls, it dies and it, it rebirths something. And when it gets stuck in that cycle, she says, if you don't fully acknowledge and come to the energy of power with it, yep. like, which is internal understanding of that power, then... It, you don't complete the cycle. You don't get something new. Interestingly, you know how I was talking about that study that said we're in this 50-year cycle? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said that it has never – our collective anger has never been resolved. Yeah. It, it, it just gets squashed down. Yeah. A reform – we might have a period where we make a new decision and we've been able actually to put a lid on our anger yeah. as a society, as yep. a collective world. She's been spackling over the top, haven't we, rather than actually getting down to the roots – and that's what he's saying about this mm. time is that if you look at it, it's almost like the volcano's ready to just blow just because feel the structure like, yes. can no longer put the lid on it. And whether that's how social media has come into mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's what is it's been a catalyst to enhance that thing where the lid can't be put on it because the information is now disseminated in a different way. Do you want to hear my giant conspiracy theory about? The anger in the world about the anger in the world at the moment. I think that on some subconscious level, we know we're screwed because of climate change, Mm. and we know it. We numb it out, and we don't talk about it, and we look at other things, and we get angry about like whatever it is that we're angry about. Mm. But actually, actually, underneath all of it, like so, if collectively, when we take that band aid of anger off, what's really collectively underneath it is the Mm. fear of our future, um, and the fear that our children's future isn't going to be what we wanted it to be, and that's where a lot of the anger comes from. And on a very deep spiritual level, mm. if you look at it, it's the fear of love. Yeah. It's the fear of being loved and yeah. the fear of sharing, the fear of each mm. other, the fear yeah. of ourselves, yeah. the fear of oneness. Yeah. Otherwise, we would live that way. Like we can't – the thing like even like things like the 2040 film and other films that have talked about global transition and reformation and these systems that weren't working before Trump – uh, he's almost like the archetypal product of all of this experience. He's the face Escape of capitalism route. now governing the world. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, that experience is that we could live a different way 
But would we really know? We've talked about this before. Yeah, would, would we, we really know, know how, how to do not it? To live. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, in that way. My other conspiracy theory is that um, so my brother is a chef, and mm. there's kind of this understanding that chefs, when they work, they work in heat. So that's why kitchens mm. often are a bit of angry places, commercial kitchens. Mm. There's like mm. a lot of yelling and argy yes. bargy um, yes. because it's so hot in there and humans get angrier in the heat. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so I wonder as the planet so, warms, yeah. are we all like, is this already part of it? The planet's already warming and we're all the furious. The pot is boiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would make the zeitgeist, the energy's moving quicker, we're evolving. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, we are cultivating fierceness, but to me that says we're fighting for our transition or our survival mm, or our yep. birth. Yeah. Obviously, anger can be destructive or mm-hmm. it can be creative. So, yep. yes, of course, there could be something amazingly positive out of this. I think this is why when we've talked about any of these world experiences that are happening at the moment, we've always said it comes down to how can we find the most peaceful way forward and not fight each other. I mean, I'm always still on the I'm I'm on still on the side of burn it all to the ground. But yes, but in a like maybe in a peaceful well, way, do you whatever. Know what? I burn think it. inevitably you're gonna get your desire because I don't think there is I don't like we're looking at this and I'm going nobody's listening nobody's gone Melbourne we hear you disenfranchised by having to be locked down yeah. let's talk social reform and gather yeah, around yeah, the campfire yeah, it's just more it's cops so on it's the streets, going to it? yeah. get yeah and what we've got to be careful is that we don't go into depression and then we lose our fangs mm. so everyone fangs back in and then consciousness on and let's move forward mm-hmm. Um, can we also just get a T-shirt or a mug in our merch range that says "Fangs On"? What was, did you just say? "Fangs On," consciousness high. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fangs Let's in, consciousness fangs on. on. Keep yes. our consciousness high. But did you notice even when Trump got COVID, my WhatsApp was flooded. I was in your WhatsApp, being like, "Horrifying memes." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, how do I feel about this?" And then it was interesting. I. I really went to, oh, my God, what happens if something happens to him, right? Because coming from a man, a dad who left, whose family left for a revolution, it's like I was like I always know the people behind them are very, very dangerous. So mm. I was like immediately reading The Shadow President about Mike Pence. But I think also it was interesting that we have kind of resorted to feeling so disempowered that I was like I'm kind of saying things or watching people say things that I don't wish upon another human mm. being but we've got to that point of polarization so how do we kind of find our light but have our fangs at the same yes. time yes this is, is the ongoing of question of 2020 oh look i just don't think i can talk about trump anymore let's talk about anger no. it seems easier what have we learned uh what have we learned about anger today don't be passag people express your needs you're allowed <laughs> to express your needs tell people what you need from them Hold them to a standard to and not it. be a bitch about it. Go, go be and positively I angry. think if we all get comfortable, Marshall Rosenberg used to talk about putting your giraffe ears on, you know, because giraffes have the biggest hearts. And he was saying, put your giraffe ears on so you can hear what somebody else is trying yeah. to say. And imagine yeah. it's coming from a place of love or a place of pain. Yeah. And then try and keep talking about it. But if you can't, take a break, come back to it. Keep yeah. trying to resolve it. And if you reach a point where you are like just on different ends of the earth with these stop talking and agree to leave each other alone. The other thing I think is moving it through the body, all that stuff we mentioned, empathy, nature. But I think it's um, 
What we're going to say, kung fu. No, no. (laughs) Do some kung fu. That'll be amazing. No, I was going to say, come to terms with your fear, grief, anxiety, shame. Get to know your emotions and find healthy ways to process them so that you, yeah, so that you won't be as angry. And when you are angry, you'll get into the passionate, righteous, powerful, healthy anger and not the toxic spiraling down, um, repeating of patterns anger. Which is where I was a year and a half ago about the whole Mm -hmm. Trump administration. I think one of the reasons I'm not as angry anymore and even though, People were like, what is going to happen in the election? I was like, I'm not afraid of this election. I'm not angry about this election no matter what the result, although I have a desire, is that I don't necessarily think it's going to change very much. I think Mm, we're on a journey that we have to accept now, that we've built the cages and the roosts that we're sitting on and we have to keep going until it's changed. And I think when you've dealt with your own fear, which my it was fear. I was mm, yeah. terrified living yep. under this for another three years. But when I actually sat with it, I was like, I think it's going to look a bit crazy no matter which way we go. Yeah. That doesn't mean not to vote, people. Lock the vote. <laughs> but um, do you know what I mean? Like yep. once you, you're right, once you get to these primal emotions, yep. usually the anger dissipates and you yep. can see it. Yeah, you can see what's really going on. Actually, so fear is one of my what the world needs now um, suggestions because I accidentally, you know how you end up in a YouTube hole? Um, I found ended up in a YouTube. I don't know what you're talking about. Never. (laughs) I ended up in a YouTube hole the other day and um, the algorithm (laughs) recommended this short documentary. It's only about 16 minutes long. It's called 10 Meter Tower and it's so Mm. simple. There's no narration. There's, There's nothing but a camera and microphone set up for people about to jump off the 10 meter high tower at the swimming pool and it's an it's really a filming of fear and so you watch all different people of different kind of backgrounds and ages and such and you see them either prepare to do something very scary and then like the process they put themselves through and do it or the process they put themselves through and go, no, I'm out. This is not for me. And it, yeah, yeah, it's, it was so good. It was Love so good. That. Again, only 16 minutes they long. Film me on that. Tower. Oh, good Lord. No. <laughs> um, it's only, it's on YouTube. It's free. 10 meter tower is, um, is what I think the world needs now, especially if you're feeling a bit scared, you might get some, um, <laughs> you might get, know that you're in good company. <laughs> yeah. My, what the world needs now is my octopus. Teacher, oh, which I know. We both laughed. And the reason I loved it was because he was not feeling in a great place when he started filming that documentary and going into that story. And it was this beautiful octopus that taught Mm. him so much about life and so much about the journey of loving, loving himself, loving life, loving her. And And it's the only thing and the only love story the world needs right now as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Um, it's like the opposite of the Tiger King, I thought. Like if the Tiger King oh is God, what we all needed so in February, opposite. this is what we need now. Um, I, I, The thing I liked most about that documentary, I mean so many things, but I really enjoyed that by falling in love with the octopus, he really reclaimed his place mm. in the natural order of things. World. And I think on oh, some level we're all trying to do that at the moment. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it is a very special look into I guess a world that we often are too busy to Mm, stop and feel and we get to see it in minute detail and go on the journey and yeah it stopped my whole family in our tracks for a few days nobody was angry yeah yeah, yeah. everyone was just in love oh 
Nice one. All right. Well, that's the podcast for this week. So you can come and find us in many different ways. Find us on Instagram or on Facebook where Woo Woo Verse. Please send us an email or a DM. We love to hear from you. Mm. If you want to hit our email, it's hq at wooverse.com. Our website is wooverse.com. Elle, where do I find you on the internet? You find me at myenergymentor.com and at myenergymentor on Instagram. I know I know this answer. I am now sacred and profane. I mean, I was always sacred and profane, but that's where you'll find me on Instagram now. <laughs> and KiraLeeLynch.com is my website. Um, and do we, hold on, anything else we need to say before we wrap up? Let's take three deep breaths and let's just oh let it God, all go. Oh. Let it all go. Yep. What the world needs now. It's three deep breaths and a big oh, they feel really hug. good too. Yeah. Oh, hey, Elle, support you. Support you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo Verse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Wooverse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you. <laughs>